All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Life Podcast uh, with your host, Will. I'll joined, Will Logato, joined by Jeff Fish and Evan Coltman. We are now uh, recording for, to you from Holyoke Media in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Evan and Jeff, how are you guys doing today? Doing, doing pretty all right. Doing great. How are you doing, Will? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it was, uh, it's a pretty hot day outside today. Um, so I was like kind of drenched and, uh, starting to get that really annoying, like back sweat on my way here. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if you guys got that too, cause I know you were were driving in the car with me here. Um, but not, not too fun. I didn't have to work today either. Uh, going to work at Valley. So that's, that's something that's, that's a bit of a plus, even though, you know, I always like coming in there and, uh, chatting with my favorite coworkers. So. Yeah, um, but we appreciate you all uh, for tuning in. For those of you who are listening right now, this is the Real Life Podcast uh, hosted um, by myself and uh, Jeff Fish and Evan Coltman. Uh, we also have another guest that will be on. Uh, I guess we'll give you a sneak peek preview of who he'll be when he gets here. Um, he won't be on this episode, but hopefully in future episodes uh, as well. And basically what we're doing here is just talking about uh, some of our movies uh, our TV shows and the mainstream media that really is just kind of surrounding our entertainment industry and our entertainment wor- uh, world as well. So today we're going to kind of be diving uh, deeper into our main topic, which is going to be the Oppenheimer and Barbie double release, which is going to be uh, this weekend. Uh, it's on Friday, I think. Yeah, Friday. Mm-hmm. Drop on Friday. 21st, I think. Yeah, so it's coming out yeah. this Friday. Are you guys going to go uh, get tickets to see it? Or are you guys looking to see it at all? Yeah, I mean, like, I wanted to see it on Friday, but I'm I'm working, like, pretty much all day that day, so I'll have to miss, you know, the big premiere, but I plan on seeing both of those movies in the same day at some point. And then what about you, Evan? What do you, like, are you, do you plan to watch it? I mean... Eventually, I'll plan. Uh, like, both the movies or, like, just one? Because, like, it's fine well, if you don't want to watch both of them. Because, like, me at first, I was like, I don't know if I want to watch Barbie. No, and I think but, like, that's where it goes is that barbie it's it's as it it's as it is barbie it's a kid's movie you know it's a tv show right but that that and we'll and we'll yep we're gonna get into that yeah we'll get into that in a second no (laughs) no we'll get into that in a second and i don't mean to cut you off but like this what the thing is interesting is it's pg-13 but we'll get into that in a second yes it's a whole different take on it which i think even if i don't enjoy it i think i'll give it a try give it a watch you know see what's going on yeah Yeah, i mean there's a lot of hype uh going on around it but um so Oppenheimer, right? So let's get right into the cast of Oppenheimer. This is this is a movie that Universal Studios. If you go to your if you go to their YouTube, have any of you guys been to Universal Studios YouTube recently or like in the past couple of weeks? No, no. Okay, so they've had this live stream going for like literally, guys. I mean, I can see if I can pull it up here, um, on my laptop, but it's been going freaking for like almost a year and a half, nonstop. Straight. Yeah, straight. Like one of those lo-fi things that go on. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. one of those lo-fi things. But like I'm talking like freaking for a whole year, and it's one video, one uh, trailer, and I'm now kind of annoyed because my YouTube is just fluttered with a bunch of random hoopla. Um, oh, okay, so I stopped going live with it. Um, but basically what it was was it was the Oppenheimer commercial, and – I don't know how they did this because I'm I'm a bit of a like I've streamed myself I'm a bit of a streamer, and um, Evan knows this Jeff knows I've streamed my own games got a bit of a viewing freaking shouting out my 30 viewers per stream that I that I that I capped out at this semester when I was in college, um, but they were able to Universal Pictures which which is the primary um, studio that's behind Oppenheimer, um, was able to do this live stream where they show the same trailer for like a year and it's just a one it's just one live stream huh. and you know how you guys know how on live stream it's like this summer right yeah well, yeah, yeah it goes yeah. this summer and then and then it went it, like in one month and then it went in 30 days and this is all in one live stream so like i'm kind of curious to find out how they were able to like change like what was said in the trailer over the course of that year so they were looping it constantly yeah so they had to switch in either loop it and loop it and then insert in 30 days or whatever i don't know how they would do that. right so, i know so was it like a different thing like like every day well no it was no it was like the same trailer over and over again i'm pretty sure but like as time went on instead of saying like this summer or 2023 it would say like this july or or yeah this july or or in, in i think at one point it said in 10 days and it's the same stream over and over again i'm surprised you guys didn't see this i mean 
it was i mean it was universal pictures and i'm subscribed to them on youtube so it did pop up yeah, but it's funny. literally the same stream like i remember for like a whole like almost two years it was the same freaking video over and over again so that's really interesting um that they did that and i'm sure there's a way you can do that in live streaming world i just haven't figured it out yet really cool that they did that um but with the cast of oppenheimer right um we have um Cillian, Cillian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. I can't pronounce names. That's that's one thing you guys are gonna find okay. on this on this podcast. I'm really bad with names, okay? <laughs> so get used to me mispronouncing names and Jeff on my left here correcting me. And then Evan in the corner laughing at my mm-hmm. laughing like his ass off at me. So <clears throat> Cillian Murphy, who's known um in right now taking Netflix by storm with his show uh, Peaky Blinders. Have you guys ever have you guys seen Peaky Blinders? I've I've not, but I I hear it's a great show. What have you heard from the people about it? Like, what about it makes it great? Have you heard at least? I mean, I mean, one of my friends hasn't really specified. He just he he just kind of like quotes a lot of stuff from it, which is kind of funny. I've heard some realism about it. It's very like you know, relating to some people about like things that go on. But I guess just the aspect of like this mystery kind of you know, gloomy thing is that yeah. people enjoy it. So I think, I mean, the views are going to be pretty good. Nevertheless. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so they got this guy to the crew and if you search on Google, like who's number one, uh, or, or, um, who's the cast for Oppenheimer, the first, the number one search result is Cillian Murphy. He's right there at the front. Yeah. He's actually in front. I mean, he plays Oppenheimer of course, yeah. naturally, but, um, I, I, so I go to, you guys both know where I go to school and I have like a really nice lounge there. And I, I, I mean, at one point when Peaky Blinders released their, their, their new season, um, like it was all people would watch in that lounge because the lounge had a TV and it's all they would watch. Like I'd walk back from classes, go up the elevator and then go to my dorm room. And then my way, oh my, they would pass by the, the, uh, um, the lounge and that's all people would watch. And that in the, in the memes, um, were take Cillian Murphy, like what? A, what an incredible actor! In order, like just by making a single face, you know that death stare. Have you guys seen the death stare that he mm-hmm. makes? Yeah. Similar to what Walter White did in Breaking Bad, to make that face, and then a ton of people would just be like, "Wow, this is extremely terrifying, like unsettling." And he doesn't have to say anything, and he just goes viral. Yeah, no, I, I, I get, I get that feeling from him too, but cause, cause like the only other movie. The only movie I've seen him in was was the Batman movies because he played Scarecrow in those movies and he he played that he played that guy very well and and uh, and like the Batman movies were 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 Christopher Nolan films as well so so uh, Oppenheimer isn't isn't Murphy's first time working with him which I think is kind of cool. I'd agree. Yeah. So so great. So, so actually, I didn't know that he played Scarecrow. Yeah. I hadn't. I didn't know that. So I'm assuming. <laughs> So what I'd probably so maybe I'd assume then Christopher Nolan is just like, hey, dude, you know, probably great job acting with me in the past. And then, you know, you're getting a big push from Peaky Blinders here. So why not put him in Oppenheimer? I mean, he knows what he's doing. Exactly. He's capitalizing on the fact that Peaky Blinders is getting that push and he's casting him in that role so that Cillian Murphy is starring in the movie. Okay, let's go watch it. That's just how it is with nowadays. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to say for newer actors that are trying to break into the industry and make it to the big screen. Because if your name isn't flashing on the screen as, you know, ro- like a perfect example, Robert Downey Jr., Dwayne Johnson, John Cena. Um, and then, uh, I mean, now Florence, Florence Pogue, um, uh, all, the, all those famous names on the screen. A lot of times it's kind of sad, but they don't get that initial hype and recognition um, as, as they would if they were just famous actors and whatnot. Which brings me to Robert Downey Jr. He's also going to be in this movie. He was uh, worked worked with Marvel as well. Obviously, we all know him as as Iron Man first and foremost. I played Spider Man. Robert Downey Jr. played Iron Man. I know, I know. Oh my god, dude. I was about to lose it on you, dude. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, actually, I, I should have just kept the joke going. <laughs> yeah, no. See what that would lead to. No, no Jeff. Well, because like out of both of us, I feel like you know way more about like movies and television, and like, bro's literally about to be like. Robert Spider-Man. Downey Jr. plays yeah. Spider-Man, dude. Yeah. I mean, looking at his picture right now, like, bro looks way too old to be playing in the Spider-Man movies. I know. That, that doesn't even look like him. He looks, I know. He looks he does. unrecognizable. Evan, Evan, do you want to see him? Or, like... What is it? Bro, I mean, like, that does not look anything like him at all. At least from the movies. 
He's in the far left. But, yeah. Couldn't even tell. Evan and I have a bit of an inside joke with Robert Downey Jr. and Stark Industries from our, our workplace. We have we have that we have some guy come into our job in a freaking van that's all decked out. It says Stark Industries oh. like all over it, dude. <laughs> this guy's so chill. Like I love this guy, he's but like a nice he, husky dog too. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's freaking has a husky dog. behaves and everything. And this guy comes in with the whole Stark Industries, and that's the thing. You come in, you drive by wherever in Northampton or wherever he lives, East Hampton, and you see that car, Stark Industries. What do you think? Iron Man, and then who do you think? Robert Downey Jr. So again, another very strategic. Um, like another strategic thing, I guess, for 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 Nolan to 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 cast Robert Downey Jr. Um, um, playing Louis Strauss uh, in Oppenheimer. And again, um, for me, like I said, I probably should have a little bit more research on the movie. I just know that it's about like the dis- the the discovery of the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. If that hasn't been made apparent by <laughs> by now by the by the trailers. Um, so I'm really excited to see it. Um, again given the fact that these actors are going to be in it, like a lot of these big name actors. So Robert Downey Jr., ladies and gentlemen, he's going to be in the movie and just really excited to see his performance. Cause I haven't really, I actually haven't seen a movie um, with him in a role. Yeah. Where he's not in a suit no. uh, in a long time. So, w- w- so what, so what about, um, I guess them casting Robert Downey Jr. too? Like, what do you guys think that like, I guess my I guess my question is: Do you guys think that that them casting him was a strategic decision? Like, uh, I know you, like a sort of like a I know who this guy is. I, I can probably call him up type of things. I might have worked with them before, cross paths, because you know DC and Marvel. I'm sure they've they've had their own way of communicating in the past. What do you guys think? I mean, I think he's just a very diverse role. Even though he did really, oh, we only know him as Iron Man and whatnot. I have seen other I can't really think of I mean my mom showed me plenty of movies and I've seen him in there and he can play a lot of different roles than just a, a superhero like yeah, I mean his faces that he can make is the voice change like, he can do a whole lot of things very diverse actor and I think I mean he is a, I, I, from what I'm seeing is he's already a, a good role in that I think he can play it really well um, from the Marvel I mean we already know what he can do what he's capable of he's you know all these tools and chemicals and whatnot he already knows work with he already knows the stuff from marvel he can transverse it boom put it right into oppenheimer right and then evan and i's favorite here florence pogue mm. she's gonna be playing as um gene tatlock in oppenheimer so Lawrence Pogue, she's made a big push ever since. Uh, I mean, she's been making it. That that, lead, that girl's been hustling um, for qu- quite a bit now. But ever since that Black Widow movie uh, came out is when she really got that big push. Um, um, and I remember all of us kind of were in theaters and we watched it. Yeah, we were like, who is that? Who is that? We're like, she's freaking beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And she, she plays the Russian accent so perfectly. I don't know if you guys remember, she had that Russian uh, mm-hmm. accent on her. Cause oh, she'd have to switch to German for this. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to have to switch uh, to whatever type it. of accent. Um, but you see it all the time, though. It's kind of crazy. I mean, freaking my favorite shows of all time, The 100. Uh, the main actor uh, in that in that, um, in that that show, Lindsay Morgan, was American. Uh, I know that. Um, but the actor actress who played Blake Griffin was Australian. And she, she nailed an English accent. I didn't even know she was... Uh, um you know freaking um from australia until now or until recently i guess so um it's kind of scary for the for the Ameri- for the for us american actors seeing that people and again i'm pretty sure florence pogue is like natively english like from the like american american english um but i'm just saying like, like it's kind of scary that for other people too that there's like these act these actors are getting to a point now where okay you're a good actor but we need you to speak in a specific accent yeah and like mm-hmm. they can't like so well like we have these languages co- language coaches and everything yeah no it's it's nice and like the and like a, a one big responsibility with with playing a character with an accent is that like you you you, you have to like play it like like really well I'm, i mean like i mean obviously with like any aspect of a character you have to play it well but i mean accents are just like you, you have to get them right in order to be convincing right you know mm-hmm. i've seen uh 
on the topic of voice acting and like the people that coach them off of off of scenes there's a lot of method acting that i've seen from anthony Starr playing homelander and i think <laughs> that some of these actors might actually be doing this off offset wherever they go is speaking in the accent just to nail it down to make yeah. it daily routine part of their life and i think they're just going to kill it in this because i know that that's method acting is a really great way of getting your points across to say this is what i can do exactly yeah i was uh, i was trying to to learn an australian accent last year and like i i found myself you know you know like speaking like speaking in that accent sometimes and like it just it, ju it just kind of like gets like cemented in in your brain which is kind of cool but yeah i mean i i and uh, sadly you know christopher nolan um we all know him I mean, if you for those of the listeners who don't know very legendary director especially in his role of directing the dark knight with um may he rest in peace uh heath ledger as well yeah. um and he uh, i i i guess i guess this, this has gone in the direction of method acting there's a lot of theories and conspiracies that his i mean he could have been a little bit more on the mentally unstable or, or depressed side before he got that role there's a lot of sincere conspiracy and theories that that his death unfortunately um like a lot of like that depression and like mental health uh, was attributed to him um playing the joker mm. so there's a lot of that as well so a little bit more off topic with oppenheimer a little bit more of a depressing thing but i guess it just goes to show what some of these actors and actresses are able to do and like what heights they'll go to to deliver ultimately a product that we all like are just so happy to see we're all freaking pay like the frick the 15 bucks to go see and, and and walk out of there feeling like the main character i guess so emily blunt is gonna be playing kitty oppenheimer which i'm not which if i'm not mistaken is married or is the wife of uh robert it mm -hmm. could be wrong i'm pretty sure it is uh, and we all know emily uh, ugh, emily blunt as well do you guys have any specific encounters uh, watching her movies or just um, any specific opinions towards her being casted again again another powerful woman i guess in the film industry being casted here hmm. i mean I've, I've never seen her in anything you'd have uh, to give I me a movie you, Evan, but yeah you'd have to give me a movie I, I can't put a name to a face right now the only thing i do know about her is that she's married to john krasinski and so, but I, I can't say much else so she was in a quiet place and edge of tomorrow okay. uh jungle cruise Mary Poppins, a lot of those legendary movies, uh, and um, The Huntsman as well. Okay. Uh, a Quiet Place, you all know, being mm -hmm. that horror movie. So she's been co casted quite frequently uh, throughout the past couple of years. I mean, Jesus. She goes all the way, so all the way from 2016 to 2023. Um, she's some movies. She's been in at least one movie. So good for her. Uh, yeah. Again, speaking on the whole accent things, she's actually English, meaning england english yep so she's got to nail an accent herself if she's going to be able to success uh succeed in this movie um which i don't doubt she definitely will um the pictures already i've been taking i'm looking out on the red carpet uh for oppenheimer and there's john's current john karinski posing right next to her and then in addition to emily blunt another name that flashed on screen matt damon he's a huge guy we all know matt damon is very very uh successful uh, american actor this time and he's uh gonna be playing leslie groves in oppenheimer hmm. um he actually was also ranked among forbes most bankable actor hmm. as well the films that he's been in recently um and in, in uh, north america alone have reached over 3.8 billion dollars in the box office so he's so Matt Damon, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the highest grossing actors of all time. He's had a long career. Yeah. 52 years good, old. A lot of yeah. good movies, too. He has done some really good movies. Yeah. I know the Bourne legacy, like uh, Jason Bourne. Yeah, Jason he played Bourne. those really well. Yeah. There's also this, one, this one movie, the, the Departed, he was in. I haven't seen mm -hmm. it, but I heard he did really good in that. Yeah. So uh, Devin Bostic, again, Roderick. Uh, again, a lot of people know him. He's playing Seth, Seth Netterman. Uh, Josh Peck, another iconic uh, name. Uh, Rami, does that sound right? Rami Malek. I, I'm not sure. He played. Uh, I think he played. Freddie Mercury, right? Yep. 
He played Freddie Mercury, and then he played another uh, doc. Is it doc? Am I thinking? Am I thinking Doctor? No, I'm not thinking Doctor. This is in a James Bond movie too, I think. Yep. So that's the cast for Oppenheimer. Um. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, big names, and again, we're gonna mo- keep it moving here because I guess you could talk about these these names forever. But needless to say, a lot of these people are huge and they're influential. Um. This is this is this is gonna be a big movie, and it's gonna it's going to perform well as it's already has been all over um, social media. So let's go ahead and just kind of take a, take a step back. So what this film is about is it's um, about the development of um, the first uh, atomic bomb and it's sort of a documentary, but it's a, but it's a dramatization of the real events of one man um who basically just straight up changed how war would be fought like forever or like i guess yeah basically how wars would be fought because atomic bombs uh definitely had 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 significant influence on what people would choose to do um when it came to being threatened obviously with the fear of an atomic bomb being dropped um and then you know this this alludes to the examples of hiroshima and uh nagasaki uh as well so i'm sure there's I mean, the budget for this movie is a hundred million dollars USD. What are you guys predicting that that they're gonna come out with in terms of like box office sales in the first week? How about we put it that way? Hmm, the first week, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure how to how to predict that, but like, I I mean, how how do most movies do usually? Is it, is there like an average? Um, like- it's usually a couple um, it's a couple million, um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's gotta be more than what they put in for it. Yeah, yeah so like, sure. cause I'm like sure I think Oppenheimer sure. is projected to 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 hit 110 million for like box office first week. Mm. Yes. So already you're freaking 10 million dollars above like you profit, yeah. but that's not enough to cover all the cost. I mean, it's enough to cover. I mean, the 100 million, yeah, but um, that's just one week. So you got two more weeks, or more like yeah, like two months. I'm I'm pretty sure is when it'll be in maybe a little longer because it's a big film. I think people would like it more than Barbie. It might be up number one for the week. Right. Yeah, maybe. So they'll definitely make a lot more. Right. Hopefully and, than 110. And, yeah, and I think, like I said, it's going to be a freaking um, – it, it's going to be a success for sure. I mean, even if the movie sucks, they're still going to make – they're still going to be walking out making ton of mo- a ton of money off the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and historically, this is a huge movie um, that, that that's really just going to, um, I think – tug at the heartstrings at many and at the same time it's definitely going to educate some people um spark some discu- discussion about w- just war in general and um yeah i mean i think it's definitely going to like tug at those heartstrings and and, and 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 spark some discussion in the car ride home yeah and going back to what you said about the heartstrings you know i mean I mean the I mean the 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 film's heavy subject matters is one of the reasons why 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 people are choosing to see Oppenheimer and then Barbie, you know just just to just to like unwind after after seeing all that you know sad stuff. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And so the ratings right now, like I mean it hasn't hit like the the general public yet or in our area. It has a ten out of ten which I've never seen before, on IMBD, 94% Rotten Tomatoes and 95% of people have said they like the movie, which is critics, obviously. But again, I've also learned not to listen to critics for most stuff. And this goes for everyone that's listening, too. Like, if you see something and you enjoy it, don't let something that someone says negative about it deter you from enjoying something you like. Because I feel like this happens a little too often. Like critics will slander a movie or a show or just something in general that I found was amazing. And I'm just like, why, like, why is that? And that's a lot of times because some of them don't go the traditional movie or the television route. Yeah. I I know, I know what you mean with that. Cause, uh, cause like when, cause when I was younger, um, and I, you guys know the movie Step Brothers. Oh yeah. Yeah, so um, so I mean, if you, if you look it up, you know, I mean, you'll you'll see it, it get a, t- a ton of ratings, but but I mean, when I first saw it, like like a few years ago, I thought it was one of like the best movies I've ever seen, but I mean, critics kind of ruined it for me because because of all the negative reviews yeah. they got. Don't listen to those critics, dude. Yeah, no. 
It's just not. You got to just freaking watch what you want to watch, do what you want to do. And it, and it goes down to the real world, too. Like, you don't give a flying you-know-what about what, what people are saying. Yeah. Exactly. You shouldn't. Okay. I mean, for critics, reviews, like, let's say you got a, you got a, a freaking five-year-old, which I don't recommend you bring to a movie like Oppenheimer. You want to look at the critics' review if you're still crazy enough to consider it and just see, like, what they're saying about the contents of the movie and whatever the actresses. Like, if there's, like, sex, drugs, smoking, whatever, all that stuff. Yep. But you you shouldn't, like, you see a movie, you see a trailer, do a little bit of research on it. Then you decide if you want to go see the movie. I wouldn't look at the reviews and then base your sole, like, opinion on the movie already just by looking at reviews. Yeah. One of my old coworkers used to always tell me, like, they don't form judgment on other people without talking to them or meeting them face-to-face first, even if they're told all these bad things about them. That's how it should be with movies and TV shows, mm-hmm. personally. I mean, like, honestly, too, I mean, like, if, if I was a film critic, you know, you know, you, you would see me, you know, rating action movies a lot better than, than like, say, science fiction films, because, because, like, I'm, I'm not that much of a science fiction guy, but there are people who are, and, and they, they know what makes a great science fiction movie, and, you know, I just, I just don't care enough to, to see the good in it, sad to say, but, but, I mean, yeah, you, you just can't, like, you just can't trust, like, uh, you can't, like, base your opinions off of critics, like, like Will said you know why would you it's yeah your own, it's your own exactly. it's your own thing you can you can enjoy it however you however you please i mean yes again you look the kids or whatever but and there's also and this is not to 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 strike down critics or anything because i do think that their job in watching something and, and leaving an honest review it's like you're a journalist in a way and you're reporting on something you see and you're giving your honest opinion educated opinion for people to know and people to see and and Yes, you're 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 in charge of holding those movies accountable and making sure that these companies pump out somewhat good quality content. Because if they don't, they'll get the axe. But I feel like there are some instances where some comp- some movie will get the axe, even if even if it isn't necessarily a bad film. So, moving on to uh, I guess sort of so that was a kind of like an introduction into Oppenheimer um, and a bit of a historical. Um, significance and what critics are saying about it so with the barbie movie of course the front line of the cast is going to be margot robbie and ryan gosling uh they're going to be joined by will ferrell greta gerwig um emma mackey simu lu uh again i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing some of these names um may it may have just been uh doodling on the side i guess during <laughs> fifth grade english but michael uh michael sarah sarah yep and um kate mckinnon as well kate mckinnon is just playing like like uh i think she's kind of she's like she's like weird barbie kind of yeah she's playing a specific uh part of barbie but margot robbie and ryan gosling are the two faces you'll see the most throughout this movie okay margot robbie all right she had her movie in birds of prey like and i'm talking blockbuster movies that have come out that movie was very you guys remember Birds of Prey or no? I didn't see it, but I remember when it came out. Yeah. yeah so the whole so if you don't know, that's the Har- that's a Harley Quinn movie, like the 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 spinoff Harley Quinn. And DC has just been absolutely killing themselves with movies recently. That's just my opinion on it. I don't. And again, I'm I'm considered a critic for saying this, so you can disagree with me all you want. But I don't think that DC's movies have been that good recently. <laughs> I don't know. I'm. <laughs> Like Margot Robbie, like she's great actor, great actress. She's actress, she's actress, hot. Sorry, I mean, sure. And then she's got that that New York Boston accent too. That just ton of guys are just head over heels for. Yeah, very versatile. Very versatile is correct. She, um, she's Australian, so right. I mean, you can't right. She and she's Australian on top of that. Again, going into yeah. this is a very common theme throughout this podcast or throughout this episode is that these these actors are freaking internationally ready yeah brett internationally ready for whatever whatever role that 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 uh that takes and ryan gosling is also going to be in the movie as well um and again if you've been living under a rock for the past 20 years barbie um is a doll originally uh by manufactured mean by mattel it's probably one of their most best-selling uh doll brands i guess they have um and barbie and ken are you know like a couple i guess together they love each other whatever um 
and I guess the little description that follows of this, the plot synopsis, um, is that they're living in their own little powerful and lovely and all happy smiles, perfect world of Barbie land. Um, but then after they get a real chance to live in the real world, the society we live in today, um, they get to discover what they call the quote unquote joys and utter happiness of living among real humans, like real people. So it's like you take these peop this these these two dolls that are glorified and just l love each other and then just love life and society and then you throw them into a world where it's like today and life is like what it is. I mean, sometimes life sucks, so you got to deal with that. Not everything's all sunshine and rainbows. So what do you guys think about this interesting dynamic with a with a Barbie movie? Because when I first saw the trailer, I didn't think this is what it'd be about. No, I've seen some. I mean, when I saw the trailer, I think there was a little bit of more action to it. It was a little bit more like uh, when their car was like flying over something. That's all I remember. I think they're taking. I I think it's a good idea to take something and put it into the real world where there's a mix of positive, negative, good, bad, good you know good evil i just don't know how it's gonna play out because I know, I know i mean they don't really mix well i mean obviously there's gonna be like every other movie where there's like a protagonist antagonist obviously that's how it is but i don't know how the mix is gonna be with from all the colors because i've seen a lot of gloomy stuff in there and a lot of sunshine and rainbows and i think it's just gonna be a whole roller coaster yeah, and I forgot to mention um, Greta Gerwig is going to be uh, directing the movie. Uh, she's listed as the director. Um, and it's actually really cool. If you guys go to Google and you search her name, fun fact, um, the whole Google page turns into like Barbie. It's yeah. like Barbieified. So even Google's in the mix here and they're trying to glorify and kind of push out, um, like advertise clearly the Barbie movie as well so Greta Gerwig um directed Little Women Lady Bird um White Noise and No Strings Attached which I'm I'm heard of I know No Strings Attached and Little Women uh were both uh pretty pretty successful movies in the box um so I don't know what to expect from this movie to be honest with you I mean you have two I right at the forefront iconic fantastic actors and actresses I just don't know what to expect because I I don't know because this is sort of a dystopian type of movie now where you're because it's like a society of all happiness and then you're just thrown into a, today's miserable world I guess so I don't know yeah just welcome to the real world bucko yeah I mean yeah and I just don't because like you see Barbie and you don't like I don't know if you really think of that like like a Barbie movie, right? Like a bunch of kids, I'm sure, are dying to go see this movie. But it's PG-13. Yeah, like my little sister probably wants to see this movie. I haven't asked her about it yet. She doesn't own I think she owns a couple Barbies in the, in the Barbie house and everything. She's dying to go see I'm sure she'll be dying to go see it. It's PG-13. What's going on with that? Like why is it rated PG-13? Why isn't it PG? I was surprised when I saw it on TV. So what? more to it. Well, yeah, there's going to be some more well, to it. it that we just don't know. With the ratings, how the ratings work is if they see the F-bomb, it's going to be rated R. Or I think it's F-bomb over like three times. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be that. Yeah. I mean, like one F-bomb is nothing. No, so it's like PG-13 <laughs> at that point. Three, three, I think. I think it's over three or four times got to be rated R. So you can say words like, like ass and shit, but then it'll be rated PG-13, not PG anymore. So that leads me to believe that there's going to be some like teenage humor, like, you know, I mean, obviously it's PG-13 stuff that kids won't get. Yeah. Like stuff that kids won't get. Right. And like, I mean, I'm trying to, trying to think back. What is stepbrothers rated R or PG-13? R. Okay. Yeah. Trying to think. Say the F-bomb left and right in that. Okay. So like, this is going to be interesting because I think there's going to be a lot of kids that are going to want to see it and they're just going to be like, oh, this is this just is not, not what, what I th was signing mm -hmm. up for. So we'll see. But it's going to be $145 million. So a couple, you know, so, you know, what's like 30, 35 million more than what Oppenheimer is pushing out. So this will be very wow. interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's based by Barbie on Mattel. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting. Um, by taking a real life toy and just adapting that into a live action film, I'm 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 probably gonna go see it myself. Um, we can definitely watch Owen from on or something if we have downtime. I guess same thing with Oppenheimer. Yep. Yeah. 
pretty much. Um, uh, when do they get released on Netflix or anything? What? They're, in they just, they're just in theaters. Not yeah. Not on Netflix. They come out like a couple weeks later on, on streaming platforms. Yeah. So either that or we're going to have to pirate it or something. Like yeah, that. we won't. Yeah, we <laughs> no, totally no. won't pirate it. No, no we won't. No, no, no. Totally no. won't. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be, nevertheless, a great, uh, great two movies to watch. I don't think we've ever really seen a toy be adapted into a movie other than the fact by Toy Story. But Toy Story. Toy Story's toys aren't real, no. like yeah, in real it's, life. It's an it just didn't exist more. before then. It didn't yeah, exist I mean, before then. The other toys that I can see are like uh, Chucky, like Annabelle, like all those things, or like dolls. You'd think more of that as like a, as a horror movie rather than a, you know, live action kind of. Yeah. So they've movie. done well. Like I don't know. Wasn't Chucky a horror movie before the doll itself came out? I'm pretty I sure it was. That. I'm pretty sure it was. And then the dolls came out after in sales. So this has never really been done before, at least in today's day and age. I'm about to turn 20 in October, and I've never really seen like something like this before. The closest we've seen is Toy Story, um, and Barbie was in Toy Story too, actually. Yep, that came out. And Ken was too. Yeah, that came oh out yeah, about 20 years ago. That's crazy. Well, I know Cars came out in like 2006. Well, <laughs> Toy Story was Cars. Right. It's my favorite movie. I all love time. Cars. But uh, I know, yeah, Toy Story came out. It was like 1995. Yeah. Well, yeah, a while ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think they did a great job casting Margot Robbie though, because she does look like a Barbie doll. I mean, look at her; she looks like a Barbie doll. She's got the blonde hair, right blonde hair, blue eyes, the red lipstick. I mean, and then uh, Ryan Gosling. At least in this picture, I'm looking at him. You, you can definitely form this dude into a, a Ken as well. Yep, you just yeah. gotta give him the blonde hair on that. Yeah. Who's the um, who's the other guy that would play in like the little Barbie episodes back in the day? I feel like you'd play him better a lot. Um. Who is also going after Barbie? Uh, what? So now there's Raquel, and then I forgot what his name is. I think he would play him better, but I don't know if they're in the movie. Huh. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I have no idea. But I mean, Ryan Gosling can't really go wrong with him. It's just it's a lot of this is just screenwriting to see boils down to like how yeah. well they write the movie and shoot it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so. Both genres obviously are going to be different. Barbie's going to be fantasy and just like make believe, I guess. Oppenheimer's going to be drama, I'd assume, more than anything. Yep. And I don't know if there's really a specific genre for what would be considered a like documentary, but that's going to be that too. So, two completely big differences of of movies and Jeff, I know that's why you kind of told me um like why you thought a lot of people were going to go see Oppenheimer first and then see Barbie to kind of end on a high note yeah. or vice versa during the day, go see Barbie and then at night watch Oppenheimer. All I know is that tickets are s- pretty close to sold out at this point mm. in the theaters. So this is going to be a really big weekend for movies and a really big, really big weekend. So I'd hate to release anything indie in the theaters right now. If, uh, if there is anything indie coming out, because there's a chance they are not going to be seen at all or barely seen at that point. At least wait a good while before they release something yeah right mm-hmm. so we so we talked about christopher nolan and we've talked about barbie um and again another thing i think is going to be important too with barbie i guess is um barbie's kind of evolved over the years as well and i guess her being in this movie is going to be like huge like empowering role i guess for the young girls that own these Barbie dolls too. I think it's going to be uh, very interesting for them. And I mean, Barbie's had a huge cultural impact over the couple over the last years. Hasn't gone away for sure. Still managed to stay relevant with all sorts of different customization options and stuff for girls to just customize however they want. And it's also kind of been this thing where it's not like it's been advertised just not to be just for girls as well so that's also going to bring bring forward a lot of other people so i think my expectation is for oppenheimer is it's going to be a really good like really well put together really good movie like i i don't i don't i'd be surprised if it would just be some like crappy you know like movie that was just slapped together and thrown on screen i'd be surprised that's what it was. I don't think they'd want to even play in that if that's what they started to make and that's what it got into. They definitely want to walk out of that 
because they're all capable of doing so much more than that. They know what they're worth. They're going to play in something that they know that is going to turn out good. And this is the thing with that as well is it's like Oppenheimer, like that whole situation, it's not like with Barbie. And then I'm sure you guys have heard the Five Nights at Freddy's movie is coming out at some point. That's just going to – it doesn't – you don't even have to release like a decent trailer to get it to generate like – a ton of people, you know, to come watch it because it's a big name. Yeah. With Oppenheimer, it's about a freaking atomic bomb being developed. That alone is such an interesting story to me. It's not even funny. Like, I just really think it's, I think it's just with Barbie. You more. Huh? You want to know more? Yeah, I want to know more about it. They really teach you in history class. With Barbie, we know the story. We know what's going on. We know what the toys are about. With like. The atomic bomb, it's like that's such an interesting thing to think about. I mean, it literally changed society and what it is today. So I think the expectations for Oppenheimer are really high. And with Barbie, it's, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea how this movie's actually going to turn out. So watch and see. They've spent so much money on marketing with this movie, though, that they that they either are too overconfident or they're confident enough that it's going to go crazy and, like, completely break the box office. I've seen a lot of people on TikTok and whatnot where they show up to the movie theater and they're all dressed in pink and all that. And then their buddy shows up and they're like, oh, you're here to see Barbie. And they're like, no, I'm not. I'm here to see Oppenheimer. We know exactly what they're there for. I think a lot of people are doing it more for like the meme of it of let's watch Barbie. But they don't know what it's really about. Yeah. So I'm, I guess there's that. Yeah. What are you going to say? Oh, no, 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 you can finish. There's that mystery of it of where. Is it really this, you know, like, oh, let's go watch it. It's going to be a good movie. Or is it, am I just going to meme this and just watch it because it, it's Barbie? You know, it's some little kid's toy. Yeah, right. pretty much. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, honestly, like, like the only reason I'm going to see Oppenheimer and Barbie is for the memes. Like, 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 like just to say I was one of those people who saw those movies back to back. Because, I don't know, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in both. I just want to see how they do it like how they pull off Barbie, how Mar- Margot Robbie performs, and hopefully she gets a good break with this movie. I mean, she's already a huge, like, freaking celebrity on its own, but yeah, her last movie and her last blockbuster didn't do too hot, so. I know Ryan Gosling did great in, was it Maze Runner 2049? Yeah. He played I mean, really good in that. We know Ryan Gosling all too well oh, from those God. movies. But that being said, what are the predictions for like who do like what do we think is going to be more successful in the box and what are what are our expectations for numbers here in terms of I mean you guys don't have to actually give like a whole number guess but like how much do you think who do you think it's gonna be about even in terms of money and less more I'm thinking yeah I'm thinking it might be pretty close for both movies but. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking. I'm kind of thinking Barbie might might gross a bit higher. I, I don't know why, but that that's just my hot take. I'll agree to disagree. I know Oppenheimer has a little bit more hype around it, but for how much Barbie put in money to make, they're gonna have to obviously get a lot more out of it in order to be more profitable. So that's where i'm i don't i don't know so you're predicting oppenheimer then i am but barbie's obviously has a lot more they had a lot more money to put into it they're gonna have to make a little like oh what 145 million you said yeah they're gonna have to get that's their budget yeah oppenheimer's budget was a lot less than that so they really don't have to do that much well it was a lot more it was yeah it was yeah i guess you could say it's a lot less because it's 35 million yeah under so that I mean, is a lot i mean and and like for us yes, yes it's a lot but compared to like for like movies it's movies not too not. much but it, it's still it's still a lot yes yeah. i guess Crap ton. yeah so with me i hate i mean i personally feel like oppenheimer is gonna get ma- way better reviews and they're gonna have a lot more people that are actually gonna like be changed i and i don't like like be changed from it i guess and be really like there's going to be a lot more conversation after the movie comes out and a lot of emotions. But ultimately, just because it's Barbie, I think they're going to gross more. But I definitely think that Oppenheimer is going to like spark more conversation and like get better reviews, personally. It's definitely yeah. geared towards more of a younger and 
younger audience rather than higher audience. And there's kids everywhere. There's the kids, kids are going to be begging yeah, to get their parents to go they see it. They don't want to say, hey, mom, let's go see Oppenheimer. I want to learn about an atomic bomb. No, they're going to say, <laughs> I want to go see Barbie. And all the old, you know older people, parents, I mean, they don't know all about Barbie. Their kids love them. But they'd rather learn, have something more educational for them. And just interesting, too. What an interesting topic. I mean, can you imagine being the first to discover an atomic bomb, having all that weight on your shoulders? The whole world just, yeah, just changed it. Just right. just feeling the same emotion as Oppenheimer himself, you know. Exactly. You just kind of get immersed in that. So I guess it, I guess the votes are in. So so Evan thinks Oppenheimer is going to gross more, and Jeff and I think it's going to be Barbie that's going to gross more. So with that, we're going to go ahead and go to break now. And when we get back, we're going to go ahead and talk to talk about what we think the historical accuracy about Oppenheimer is because it's a historical film above anything as opposed to Barbie. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about the fantasy um, in the, the movie Barbie and how that is going to clash with what we have um, today in today's world and sort of Mattel and, and uh, we'll wrap up from there. So we'll be right back with a few messages. Were you there yet? Huh. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Can't you go any faster? I wouldn't do that. Where'd you come from? Well, you never know where we're gonna be until we're in your rear view mirror. Hey, I'm not speeding. Excellent, because I wouldn't want to have to write you a ticket. That would cost you. Slow down, it's the way to go. All right, so welcome back to um, the Real Life Podcast hosted by Will, uh, Jeff, and Evan. Yo. So before we uh, went on break, we were just kind of talking about the realism behind Barbie and Oppenheimer. We gave out our predictions on what we think is going to gross the most um, in terms of sales, and it was Barbie 2 to 1. So now we're going to kind of jump into the historical accuracy uh, in film. So, Oppenheimer's is a historical film, and they have a lot to make sure that they do correctly with this. Like, they have to be extremely careful and really, like, particular about the movie. Like, I feel like about that with most documentaries. Yeah. It's got to be historically accurate. They can't just throw this, this, that together. And that's my biggest fear. Like that it won't like or that they're gonna right. leave out some things. Leave it on, try like exactly like do they have actual like papers, notes, things that yeah. Oppenheimer actually did, like in his lab or something that he was creating. Do they have all these things? Is how close are they gonna get? Yeah, and just like try not to like include any elements that 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 like that don't exist yet in that period of time. Like to try to leave those out too. Is this is this something that you've seen happen before, Jeff? I mean, not really, but I mean, it's kind of hard to explain, but, but I mean, like in some historical movies, I mean, like if, if, if you like look closely enough, I mean, like you, you can like notice something, uh, that's, uh, so, uh, you can notice an object that that's not around from that period of time. I mean, like you could probably like spot like, like a phone or something. I've, I've never seen it happen, but, but I've, I've heard it happen somewhere, but I forget where. So you're saying like continuity with the time period? Yes. Right. Yeah, you have to make sure that everything makes sense in whatever time period the movie takes place. And Christopher Nolan had a bit of a, um, I just had some weight on his shoulders because again, he's delivered perfectly with The Dark Knight, oh, but yeah. Dark Knight's fantasy, and that's like, I mean, he had a blueprint of it basically from the DC Comics. Not a blueprint, but he had some something to go by. Yeah. You don't. You have history with this, but it's not like you can just write it. You can ju- you can't just write something or direct something to what you think would satisfy the needs of the viewer the best. You have to like have some sort of accuracy to a certain extent with this movie, and that's a big expectation put on your shoulders. You have to make this movie entertaining enough people will sit there for the whole two and a half two two and a half hours that the movie is. But you also need to make sure, in addition to that, that your movie is 
interesting and engaging, but accurate at the same time. So there's a fine line between artistic liberty that Christopher Nolan has to figure out and tread on and artistic liberty, meaning, you know, the, the way that the characters talk and then, then like the writing and the cinematography and just all these um, different shots and the real like life, like what actually happened. See, I know movies and books correlate. They obviously have majority is the same, but the movie takes from a book. If a book came first and they make a movie about it, they're going to add in their own little take, their own little twist. They're not just going to add exactly step by step because people have probably already read the book. They're not just going to want to hear, a, oh, this first paragraph or like the first chapter or second chapter, this is the same layout. They're going to have to mix it up, throw in their own ideas, throw in a couple other things. I don't know if it's that's going to be the same with Oppenheimer. If maybe they'll take their own take on it. Like that's said, interesting. Are they going to, because this is more history based rather than off of like a novel or book. I don't know if it's going to be play by play by play exactly as in what happened. Cause I know some, you know, directors have their own views on something. I, they might translate that into their directing into the actors. I don't know how that's going to be. And, and you got to also understand that. I, I mean, yeah, it's the atomic bomb, super interesting stuff. But, like, I'd imagine that not every single thing that led up to that is going to be interesting. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's going to be some points in in Oppenheimer's life that were, like, boring. boring. Yeah. yeah. you got to fill it in with your, something, your right? Daily 9 to 5. Yeah. You, know? you, just, you just have to, like, show, show, like, what's happening for the movie to make sense. Like, even if it's not the most exciting part. No, and how do you – and do you guys think they're going to do that and take the gamble of maybe boring the audience? Or do you think they're going to add their own twist or maybe – throw some like inaccurate stuff in there are some dr- dramatizations that were added for dramatic effects because there's a lot of times where in movies and tv shows they'll say that it was it's based on a true story but it's added but there's things that were changed for it to be more dramatic and engaging yeah no i mean that, that that's gonna be kind of hard to tell because well i mean the story of Oppenheimer, I'd imagine, is is a pretty interesting one. I mean, I I don't know it, but but I mean, like like obviously there are there are the boring parts, so so I I guess when you're just in there in the theater, you know, you're, you're just not gonna know, you know, you know what parts Nolan, you know, kind of like dramatized or or you know made, you know, made exciting, you know, you know, just for the excitement of it, um, yeah. No, it's adding on to that unless you're david goggins then y- your life is gonna have some yeah. sort of you know boring point at one point they don't know me son who's gonna carry the boats exactly you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh oh i forgot what i was gonna say that <laughs> you're not gonna have a boring part in your life unless you're david goggins exactly. and you're running a merit you're manning freaking running a you know? hundred miles with broken feet exactly that's it that's uh, a good it, off topic exactly like, he you... had no teammates he yeah had no exactly teammates. I've read, i read his book uh can't hurt me you read it? You read it? Yeah, the whole it thing? Good? Yeah, the whole thing. It was I, good? I, I loved it. It was pretty good. Nice. Nice. He's, he's a hardcore man. Yeah. Um. <laughs> back to if they're going to add boring parts. I think they might have boring parts that might foreshadow something a little bit, you know, more entertaining and obviously later on in the movie. Yeah. But uh, I think some boring parts are actually critical because this is exactly what happened. Maybe if it's only for a minute or two, the scene might be a little boring there might be something in the background maybe something someone said that might foreshadow a little bit more of like action kind of oh they're chasing now here you know whatever oh here's the final discovery there's going to be some boring parts there's going to have to be um i just hope you know there's not a whole bunch of them because i know back then you know some lives and now completely on the flip side barbie that's supposed to be a complete fantasy land where you're supposed to be escaping from reality to a certain extent. I mean, you're, I mean, you're going to the movies to escape reality, but with Oppenheimer, you escape reality to be put in a certain time period that actually happened. With Barbie, you're escaping reality put into a fantasy land that's supposed to be in reality. So basically, it's just one, it's fantasy is what it is. Couldn't, could never happen in real life. So, you have a lot more creative freedom with these um, movies in a sense that they're like just serve to provide like an escape, like a, some sort of escapism for its audience. And it's good that you have these movies of fantasy 
um, to a certain extent because, like, I feel like, yeah, Oppenheimer is a really interesting movie, but a lot of people are going to be appealing to Barbie because they may just think that, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in, in this Oppenheimer movie, but we might just think it's boring. Like, it's just, okay, it's not having like fun. A documentary. Like, Barbie is just freaking all pink, purple, you know, all these colors with a, you know, good-looking actress stamped on the, on the front cover and good actress, good-looking actress and a good-looking actor on the front freaking cover of the movie. And they're going to be like, okay, this is, you know, just escape from reality and, like, this whole fake thing. So mm-hmm. Barbie's definitely going to get a lot more people to watch, I think, just from that on its own. Yeah. And then like imagine in like imagine later on in the movie they they get hit hard with reality like like you kind of predicted earlier on in the show just just imagine the reaction from that. Right, exactly that. And uh and even us too, like us humans. Like I think it's really important that they are putting um movies out there where you can kind of just show up and just escape reality. Where you can go into like sort of your own little world in front of a screen. That's just not real but you can feel it's real and you can watch it and you can almost if the directors would do a good job almost feel like you're there while it's happening yeah i mean you kind of like identify with with the characters i mean if, if it's if it's really good you know if the director like does a good job or not, not not necessarily the director but like everyone involved in the film right that's a better way to put it yeah they just they just create an immersive experience so that you can so that you can you know identify with all the characters and everything that's going on you know right I, I, I definitely agree with that. It's just it's, it's you got to have you have a character in a fantasy land that you can identify with, like in terms of emotions or feelings or just even like, I mean, like a like a like a, a craving, you know, like a lot of people, I'm sure, kind of wish they were in this whole fantasy Barbie land. But that's not the reality. It's not escape from no. reality. We're, they yeah, they, no. they're, they're, it's not reality at all. And it's just far from it, actually. Yeah. So, I mean. It's definitely going to be like, you know, that's why, like Jeff, you said earlier, it's going to be one of those movies where people are going to be happy walking out with a smile on their face after watching. I I'd, I'd hope they could be well, it could be completely different than that. But that's what I'm getting off of watching this commercial and the trailer for it. So it's important that you have this interesting dynamic. And it's great that they even have it coming out on the same weekend because you see the whole two opposite sides of the spectrum, like one historically accurate and completely, you know, dramatic and somewhat depressing movie also crucial to life crucial to life and what we are today and then you have the movie that's just there to support your guilty cravings and make you feel some type of way within your soul for those two and a half hours and maybe a couple hours afterwards until we're back to square one like back to reality so that's yeah that's really interesting and so that's kind of basically going to do our little synopsis on Oppenheimer and Barbie. If you guys have your own comments, your own suggestions on what you think is going to happen, you can go ahead and uh, hit us with our email on that, or um, I guess give your input in the comment section. That would be greatly appreciated. Or again, shoot us an email and be happy to get back to you on that as well on what your own theories are and whatnot. And any other questions or recommendations on other future podcast episodes, go ahead and email us that we will be right on it. So, upcoming releases and trailers, because I know some of you guys are probably listening to us talking, and you're like, what the hell? Like, I really don't want to, don't give a flying, you know, what about each one of these movies? I just want to see something in theaters that won't uh, have me shoulder to shoulder this weekend. Jeff's got you on a recommendation for that. Yes, and uh, this movie isn't isn't upcoming. It's already in theaters, but but the new Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 Um so I've seen I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen the first six Mission Impossible movies, and and I, I can tell you right now, I mean the the first three movies aren't aren't as good as as the fourth, fifth, and sixth, and um, yeah, I mean I, I mean Tom Cruise, uh, he um you know his earlier movies aren't as good as the ones they are now because I'm sure you've seen Top Gun, maybe that came out recently, uh yeah, it just his like the most recent mission impossibles and top gun they they all got 90 ratings on rotten tomatoes and i know you, you shouldn't like you shouldn't like always trust the ratings but um but i mean they're rated that high for a reason so i'm, I'm just excited to see you know um all the action that tom cruise provides for us 
I'm, I'm not sure. Have you guys have you guys seen that one stunt he did with the motorcycle? Yeah. He drove a motorcycle off a ramp and yeah, yeah and then like jumped off of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was freaking incredible and that was absolutely uh, insane. It's really great to see that these actors and again actresses are really method acting and doing what they need to do to make sure that you walk out of there feeling satisfied after watching the movie. It's interesting too that you said Mission Impossible too that you think was better than the previous movies. The originals, yeah. The originals. Yeah, That's, the originals. That is so rare. Yeah, no, I mean, where they have sequels, yeah. where they have sequels that are actually better than the originals, because with Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, like those two movies were um, great movies, and I've actually I heard Top Gun Maverick was just as good, if not better, than Top Gun. Or Top Gun Maverick was just as good, if not better, than to- the original I, Top Gun. A lot of yeah, say so much Top Gun Maverick was in fact better than the original. I mean, don't get me wrong, original is great. You know, like way back then, you know, everyone's young, everyone, whatever. But I'm gonna have to agree that Maverick was actually, in fact, a little bit more to my liking. Yeah, and I, I, I think I, I think I can like make a, a correlation to that kind of because, if if I'm not mistaken, like I, I, I think as Tom Cruise got later into his career, he he got more creative freedom in, in his mm-hmm. movies. Like, like I, I, I think he started producing his most recent movies he, he i don't think he produced his earlier ones and so you don't so think I it's just, a coincidence that he gets this more creative freedom that now the movie quality and the like the movie itself and the in the, the storyline and, and the plot is better i no I, I don't think it's a coincidence at all just i think i think tom cruise is that guy and and we've <laughs> seen all we, of his own stunts and we've already <laughs> seen it too like just like keanu reeves too and we've already seen it it's like you see actors and actresses that go out here and they're um creating and producing their own stuff there's no longer in the film industry there's no longer you're an actor and you're a producer now it's you're an actor and producer you can be a director and that's what it's all about now getting into the to the industry ladies and gentlemen that's something it's also kind of something uh, i'm studying in college one of my majors at least you need to be well versed in everything in order to succeed and and you've seen it too, and it's great that that that, that you have so, uh, such an iconic actor like Tom Cruise kind of take control and do his own little thing, because it's great to have a perspective of an actor um, directing something rather than just having a director that's only directed and never actually had to go through acting. He gets the side of taste of both worlds there. Yeah, man. He knows what to expect, what to uh, get out of the actors. Right. Exactly. And so now we're also Oppenheimer is a more of a historical film, so I'm gonna kind of. Um, talk about what i think a if you're in the mood of watching historical film if i've gotten you in the mood which i'm sure you know there's a lot of them out there um that are you know you're thinking of right now but if there's one you haven't seen yet 1917 um definitely uh, one of my favorite movies of all time that is uh 1917 basically um is a war movie a lot of people will um uh, compare it to um, saving Private Ryan. So if you want, you know, if you want to watch a tearjerker, then go ahead. But it's not only that; it's just such an iconic movie. I mean, the whole movie was all made to look like it was shot in one take, the camera constantly moving and no cuts. Freaking amazing movie! I saw it in theaters once. I saw, liked it so much, I had to watch it a second time. Uh, and that movie grossed three hundred and eighty-four point six million, and that's without really these iconic actors that we see today in Oppenheimer and uh, Barbie as well. And can you imagine if those two main actors um, um, were, were, were to take the spot of George McKay and uh, uh, Dean Charles Chapman, which by the way, I think these two gentlemen, these gentlemen did a fantastic job in the movie anyway. Like they were great, like absolutely amazing, like great actors. Hadn't heard of them before. Um, they still delivered really well. So if you want a great movie to watch, one that, and again, this is kind of contradicting, but got four and a half stars, um, you can go ahead and check out 1917. Uh, World War I, uh, two British soldiers um, kind of fighting to deliver a message to stop an enemy attack before it happens. 384.9 million, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. So... With that, I will say, and I will always say, just because something's hitting the box office, just because something's hitting the blockbusters, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good movie. And it doesn't mean that it's the best that Hollywood has to offer. Go ahead and explore. Check out what there also is for other movies. And don't necessarily listen to what other people, even us, what we say about those movies. Because we're just our thoughts and our own opinions from our own experiences. And we've all had our own different life experiences with different things. So don't don't just go into the cinemas just looking at whatever 
um, has the biggest names in Hollywood. Go into there uh, watching a movie and going to go into that movie theater um, with that curiosity, um, like like a kid on Christmas. Um, really excited to see what's behind those presents being the movies, what's behind those movies and what they're about. Um, don't lose that curiosity. And I know this podcast primarily covers a lot of movies and TV shows that are popular now, but don't get sucked into mainstream media all the time. It's always good to venture out and see what India has to offer. Exactly. Go see what I'm you want. What? Go see what you want. Exactly. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in to the first episode of the Real Life Podcast. We really appreciate it. It's been a learning experience for all three of us being this the first podcast we've ever hosted and been on. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate your thoughts. And go ahead and please drop us your thoughts on what you think is going to happen with Oppenheimer and Barbie. Thank you. Thank you very much. And have a great day.